waiting years for this moment. And suddenly, you're bored. The movie doesn't start for another 20 minutes. You open Reddit. You read your phone feed. Nothing. You read the news feed. It's nothing but Trump. You turn over to Popular. You see a meme for the movie you're about to see, and it spoils the whole thing. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers, where we will not be doing that. We're not going to spoil the end game tonight. We may reference it. We may talk about it. But th- we're going to save our, our spoilerific episode for another week. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, this week. Joining me, as you heard, with his lovely Star Wars No, we've got Crofton. Crofton. <laughs> <Crofton>. No! <laughs> Crofton Steers. How's it going, man? Hey, good, Ryan. Uh and as like disclaimer, viewers, listeners, whatever, mm-hmm. we've both seen Endgame. Yes. And so we're, as Ryan said, not going to talk about it, despite every fiber in our beings wanting to. Mm-hmm. We're just going to let it sit, allow more of you to 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 put it in your eyes, and then uh, we'll do a spoiler cast. Yeah, we're thinking, so here's just a little, you know, here's what we're thinking. Um, Captain Marvel was a movie we did, we kind of tested the spoiler sort of um, format where we do the show and then we talk Captain Marvel at the end or, or the spoilers at the end. I think Endgame is too big to do that, to do, like, it would just end up being a two-hour podcast. So we're thinking next Plus week. Plus we, we both saw Endgame where only you saw Captain Marvel. What? Really? You hadn't seen Captain Marvel? No, the whole spoiler cast was me asking you questions. Oh, okay. I forgot. And you you going into more detail and me wanting to know how much did I need to know before Endgame and all that sort of stuff. Like, I didn't care if you spoiled it for me. Oh, wait. We, and we did an Into the Spider-Verse spider We did cast. Into the Spider-Verse, but I think Into the Spider-Verse was... Uh, anyways, with Endgame, we'll do a special episode. Uh, maybe we'll call it Dad's Dungeons & Diapers Spoilers. So it'll be a little mini thing, just because I don't think Endgame will allow for a 15-minute, how was the movie? It's just, it's impossible. So don't worry about that tonight. We may rank reference to our ability to go see the movie tonight. But we'll rest assured, all the spoilerific stuff will be happening down the road in another episode. But Crofton, um, let's talk about the fact that we entered some dungeons over the last couple weeks. Three weeks, in fact. And my big thing this weekend, obviously, was seeing Endgame. And again, right, no spoilers. However, the prospect, the ability to see Endgame is basically what I did. Is I put myself in a vehicle and I drove three hours away for the whole weekend. I got together with friends from university and, uh, and, and, and just played video games and stayed up way too late and woke up way too early and saw Endgame and fantastic weekend away. I did, I did of course miss the kids. I, I miss my wife, Ashley, and, and they, they miss me. I think, I think they did. I think that's the same. I, it feels like, no joke, Ryan, whenever we do, every second episode, it feels like, oh, I went away for the weekend. My friends what? and I built a whole dungeon and, and did like <laughs> D&D stuff. And, and there was like, it was three levels high and I missed my kids, obviously. But then, and then the next weekend, <laughs> it's like, so I went to a wedding on the weekend and it was all these nerds and we were doing all this crazy stuff. And obviously I missed my kids, but whatever. <laughs> and, and now it's like, 
oh, again, I'm going to the movies, and except I made it a whole weekend with my mud, but I miss my kids, you know. You know what's so, funny is that you're basically taking the truth, but then making it sound like it's every other weekend. And we do this show every other week, so I think I have recorded proof that it's not every other weekend, and the fact that the events you're describing were in February, and that was my best friend's wedding, so like I had to go, right? Uh, but I'm sure right. the kids. No, oh yeah, yeah, of course. And then I miss the... my kids though, and it's all cool. Don't worry, I had a really good time. But but totally I miss my kids. Them. Yeah, and that's that's the thing you got to say so you don't feel bad. Um, but yeah, no, we I had a great weekend. The thing is, I think I've talked about this on the show before, is that. It's one of those instances where if you're hanging out with other people who have kids, <coughs> it's nice to have that backup because literally 11 o'clock rolls around and I'm like, gosh, I'm so tired. I'm up every day at six with these kids. I know tomorrow I can theoretically sleep in, but it's it's near impossible for me to sleep in e- even without the kids. That's you- amazing. I I totally like I still would sleep in like if there were no if there is no element that is waking me up like and if it's not an alarm clock or if it's not a significant other or a child I would I would still sleep in the way I do in like university or as a teenager like I I I am literally broken in that way and to the point that I'm also not a morning person so if I'm artificially woken up, which is the only way I wake up, um, then uh, like generally my naturalness, if you didn't wake me up, I'd wake up at 11. I think I would probably, that would be, I would maybe wake up to pee and then I'd go back to bed and I would fall asleep. Like I just, huh. I'm a na- I'm naturally, so so for me, one of those weekends could truly mess me up because I would I would sleep in, but then the day that would really screw me is the first day that I'm back with the family. And then probably my my wife would be looking for a break because I was away all weekend. And then I would be like, well, I'm super tired because I stayed up, you Mm -hmm. know? Well, for me, I, I mean, I I was tired at 11. I did power through, but it's funny. Like it's like, okay, it's two o'clock. So basically the first night I'm there, we were playing games and um, we had some VR tech. So we were playing some VR games, but um, before I talk about that, we, we actually, was, oh, we have to watch Infinity War before we go see Endgame. And I'm thinking to myself, like, it's 11 o'clock. We're going to start a two and a half hour movie at 11 o'clock. Madness, I tell you, good sirs. Madness. And, and, but we watched it. And that movie, Infinity War, just for the record, is so good. I forgot how good that movie is. And it's totally watchable. I, I've watched that movie three times. And that's, that's big for me. Like, I don't watch a lot of movies over and over again, like repeat. It's funny that you mention that because I also rewatched Infinity War, and that's not something that I necessarily do that often. I, you know, I used to watch rewatch movies all the time, but I just felt like I was caught up in the hype. I had mm-hmm. gotten tickets. I was going to go see um, Endgame uh, by myself, which I will talk about a little later. But uh, I, I just. Uh, I felt like, oh, okay, I'll watch Infinity War. And I'll be honest, Infinity War, when I watched it the first time, and as I mentioned on this show, I watched it the first time in Christmas of last year. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't watch it at, when it came out. I didn't see it in theaters when it came out. And I did not watch it the entire – I waited until it was on Netflix. 
And um, yes, I knew about Thanos' snap. That there's no way you could have avoided that. The memes were everywhere and shit. But but when I watch when I watched it, it, and when you take away the impact of that moment, like if you know what's coming, I I was kind of like it felt like one of those um, crossover comic book series, you know, like the um, the ones where there there'd be an epic event and. Uh, they cross over Spider-Man with the Fantastic Four and all that. Like, mm-hmm. and it would be a major, major thing. But in the end, none of them were ever considered really that good because they're just too busy. There's too much stuff going on. It's like, the, you know, it felt like a big superhero orgasm almost, like the comics. That That is, and every year they would build around these events. But none of the event comics, like the big Marvel events or DC events, are often highly critically regarded but infinity war what is funny is when i watched it the first time i kind of felt like wow this movie is too busy it's too full of crap it's too full of whatever i enjoyed it still because i love all those characters but watching it the second time i really got a sense of the craftsmanship involved in like in in story together and bringing all these characters together giving them each their moment um you know ending the way that we it did feeding into the next one because these movies were released a year apart, right? So, like, you know, they were being made at the same time. Like, they obviously didn't make Endgame in a year. Like, it, it it's been brewing for forever. And so, like, the fact that all these balls were in the air and they they managed to make two good quality movies, but especially that one, um, I it's just very impressive. I think. Yeah. It was just I was surprised that I was able to kind of stay awake and and watch the film. I thought, oh man, I remember the movie having some slow bits, and really, there's only one slow moment in Infinity War, and I think it's the moment where, and it's not even a bad slow moment. It's just a slower moment in comparison. I think it's where Gamora and Thanos are talking. You know, when when Gamora is first taken by Thanos in Infinity War. People, we're not talking about Endgame. Don't. I mean, if you haven't seen Infinity War, that's your own problem. Um, so I was able to stay up, but it's funny. Like, as soon as 2 o'clock hits when the movie's done, I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. And everyone's like, yeah, it's kind of late. All right, we'll call it. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's kind of, you're like, you guys. I guess, it's funny. I, I agree with you about the Gamora bits. It's even the Soul Stone bit, which is a good bit. Yeah. Like, all of the, all those bits, like, the, 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 they're, they're um, in the Gamora flashback to um yeah Gamora to, flashbacks to, to, not really a big well, it's, thing it, it's it's super important and adds emotional pathos to the film but when you're re-watching it i was just like yeah i remember this fast forward i i fast forwarded all three of those segments oh so i'm not i didn't like, fast forward that you're a monster oh, that's, you were watching in a group of course not you would be the monster yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to fast forward this bit where, uh, you know, Thanos yeah. Yeah, kills his loved one. That's that's definitely not something I need to see. Um, so it was a good it was a good weekend. But honestly, my favorite part was uh, playing these VR games because I, I know you and I, we've talked about VR before. We're both into VR. And what my favorite thing was actually getting people watching people physically in the same room who haven't played VR before. and then playing it it was the most fun i didn't even want to play and honestly playing vr is hard for me because i wear contacts and i can't wear my contacts after four o'clock like i can only wear them for so long before my eyes start to hurt so i have to take them out and vr with glasses isn't necessarily the most comfortable and or it's just it's not the same experience and it's kind of awkward so 
get this, uh, three people have never played VR before. All three of them, their first experience was this game called Blade and Sorcery. Have you heard of it? No, I, I don't know Blade and Sorcery. So Blade and Sorcery is similar to these mountain blade games that were quite popular and still are, where it's medieval, medieval combat simulator. And essentially you spawn in the game, you create a character, and you are put into an arena where there are weapons all around you, different types of weapons, battle axes, swords, shields, bows and arrows, pole arms, and it's all just a battle simulator. And each person went about it very differently. You had some people who were like very strategic in getting the shield and using the, the spear and kind of like poking over the shield like 300 style. And then you had I had another guy who was just he grabbed dual weapons and he just like windmill his arms and basically <laughs> blend people. <laughs> and but the thing is, like you and I both know that with VR, there are levels of sort of awkwardness as you're playing playing VR experiences. Yeah, yeah. And this one being your first experience, and I, I'm not really a novice, but I'm not really an expert. I'm kind of intermediate. This one does full motion. So you're moving with the control stick as opposed to teleporting. So okay. this being their first experience, you could see it in their leg, like their legs would kind of like, you know, shake and go jelly ish a little bit as they're playing and like kind of sway back and forth. And I said to them, I was like, I don't know if this is the game you want to try first, because if it has movement with the control stick, you are going to probably want to fall over. Like it's very jarring. Um, but I mean, most of them did quite well. I, I, sometimes some uh, one person kind of had felt a little VR sick. And had to like kind of step out of the VR world after a while, but they were they were doing pretty were good. Were you guys on a uh, an Oculus or an HTC Vive or what were you on? We were an Oculus Rift with the touch controllers, yeah. and we had two sensors. So I did explain to them like, look, if you turn around and you're not facing the sensors, you you're gonna have some issues. But all in all, like that game was so fun to watch people play, and because you would see what they're doing on the TV screen, and then you would see them moving in in real time. And honestly, like. VR, this is the first time I've experienced VR in sort of like a social setting and watching somebody interact with these like arena based games like like Blade and Sorcery was probably the most entertaining thing ever because you're just watching them play and you're watching their movements and it's and it's so comical because it's a physics based arena game and man, just there, I'm, I, I didn't hadn't even heard of the game, but my friend was like, oh, you're bringing VR like we got to try this blade and sorcery game. Do you have it? And it's like, I hadn't heard anything about it, but I guess it's big on Reddit. Like a lot of people will post gifts and stuff. Oh, so. really? It, it looks like Gorn. Gorn is a, is a cartoony sort of version of it. I think it's the same, uh, like in an arena beating up dudes and stuff like that. I, I haven't, I haven't tried those, that game in particular, but I will say that I also get a kick out of introducing people to VR. Mm -hmm. Um, Beat Saber has been sort of like the gateway drug for a couple of people who come over. Super hot VR as well. Uh, I've I've had people come over and be like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" Um, and and it is really really exciting. The last time that I did a, a VR thing, the social element of VR was uh, this game that's been out for a while. You can even get it for your phone, I think. Uh, like for your, um, you know, the Gear VR. I think it's available on everything. It's called uh, Don't Stop Stop Talking or You Will Explode or Don't Stop Talking or You Will Explode. 
Um, and it, the, the concept is very simple, which is that one of you uh, diffuses a bomb while the, the rest of you get the instructions to how to diffuse the bomb. So we don't see the bomb. The person in the headset sees the bomb. And so it's all about, it's, it's a communication game. Um, and it's very, the, the, the actual touch controls and the controlling it is not that, not that great, but the concept is so awesome. Uh, it takes a little getting used to, but like you're talking and, and I, I was, um, you're talking with your friends and I'm, I'm bad under pressure a little bit as I learned and, and you know, you see the timer and they don't see the timer because you've got the headset on. So you're like, I've got 30 seconds until this bomb blows off. You know, like, what do, what do I do here? And, but you have to relay to them the information that you're seeing so that they can provide you the instructions. So there, we had a lot of laughs and it was a lot of, it was actually challenging. And when things start clicking, you feel really good and all that. So it's just interesting. I agree with you, Ryan, like, VR as a social thing, you think VR, the most isolating you could be, like you're putting something on your face. But in fact, it really provides some awesome social social experiences. So I'm glad you had a good one. Yeah, I, I it was important for me to experience that. I mean, a lot of the VR I've experienced is that, like you said, that isolating type thing and you know we've had i've had conversations with people it's like oh vr and and still here's the thing with vr the 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 social aspect needs to be embraced more by developers because when we were playing the people who did well in vr were fine watching the tv screen and the tv screen is sort of a mirror of what what the person in the headset is seeing however jocelyn co-host of the gamers in she couldn't watch the VR experience for very long, like two minutes, and then she'd feel nauseous and she had to step out of the room. So that means she couldn't even play the VR as well. And we were trying to look into, with Beat Saber, there's like mods for third-person cameras. And I really think more games would benefit from even a toggle to kind of say like, hey, let's display this in third-person or in a not a synced camera, but sort of like, a, I know not every game would work that way, but like it would be really great to see more of the social experiment or social experiences sort of kept in mind when you're showing off the TV version, you know? Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, and I haven't done much watching the, the TV version. I have a little bit, but uh, a Beat Saber on the, on the TV, but I, it's just, I have kind of an iron stomach for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so... So it is kind of funny because part of me really just cannot relate. And I'm always like, oh, more accommodations for all these people who have like weak stomachs. But I want VR to succeed. And and, uh, and for me, it's it, anything that would make it more palatable to more people and get it into more eyeballs, I'm all for. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things where I... I, had, I was experiencing <coughs> all sides of things, you know, experiencing... Uh, you know, social VR, experiencing, you know, VR sickness. And it was it was good to see that because I really think that VR could be the next, if it became, you know, accessible financially. And I mean, there are new headsets coming out. Um, I saw that the Rift S and the Quest are going to basically, are the, essentially the same cost, you know, and, and offer, you know, both a PC-less and a PC super-powered experience. So I'm... 
excited for where VR is going. I don't know much about the Valve Index that was announced this week as well, but I I know it's going to be expensive and still using external trackers. That's the big thing. Those external trackers are just, they're such a pain in the butt to set up. And I really want to try inside out tracking with some of these, uh, some of these devices, these new VR headsets. So I'm looking so forward to Blade, it. So is Blade and Sorcery a good game? Should I buy it? Um, It's early access. It's 20 bucks, I think. So if you're looking for a new, it's kind of a, I don't want to say janky experience, but it's kind of a, it's an early access experience. So you can't go in expecting like this grand tour, but it's a great game for like showing your friends this like, combat style you know so i i, I, I really do, like it i do like how you prayed that you're like so it's an early access thing i don't want to say it's janky but let's say it's early access style but <laughs> you know what of, i'm saying you know what you, I'm know, to you say. know what i'm saying it's a piece of shit it's no, not I'm, I'm like no i'm just kidding it's, it's not janky. broken it's just it's it's not broken it functions it's just don't expect like a top-notch vr experience expect fun vr quirkiness and I, I just don't know what kind of legs this thing has. I think it's more of a, a VR experiment right now. But for, yeah. a, for a VR experiment, it's quite – it's got a lot to it. There are multiple arenas, multiple enemy types. You know, there's magic in it as well. I haven't even talked about that. You can like – you know, it, it, the only magic they have in it is lightning. So, of course, every time you use lightning, you go, ultimate power. You know, it's that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So You're a nerd, but yes, I get – I understand. I know. I'm speaking your language. But yeah. – we had a really great time, and honestly, I think VR, again, just as a social game, it, it was much more fun playing with other people and sharing that experience than it was playing, you know, on my own in, in a room by myself. <laughs> so so I went to uh, – I mentioned that I went to Avengers Endgame. It's one of those rare opportunities, situations where I get caught up in the hype, and I think it's had less touches – I recognize that I'm somebody that spends an inordinate amount of time on the internet and that I was going to get spoiled. Uh, and after the last one that I, I really do feel knowing about the snap, um, decreased my appreciation, my initial appreciation of the last Avengers movie. I wanted to be sure that that didn't happen again in case there's big reveals or big things that happen. So I made a point of going to see Endgame uh, on the weekend and there were no tickets available. We didn't have a babysitter. Uh, my wife and I both could go even so there was no way I was going to get two tickets um, pretty much sold out you could find these one solo tickets which which I did but that was about it so I went to see it uh, and I have to say like I've, I've had friends that suggest this as well mm-hmm. um, uh, going to see movies by yourself like I put an artificial restriction on myself i think i've mentioned this before on the show where i just feel like i have to go with my wife that we've always gone to see movies together and then going to see a movie without her feels weird and if i am going to do that it's because i'm going with my friends to have sort of a communal experience and to talk about it afterwards and that sort of thing right like it's i'm not going to go just by myself see see a movie but the the reality is like i went and it was, and I was super efficient about it. Like I got in my car, um, and I left my house at the movie was at eight. I left my house at like seven forty. I drove. I park at the movie theater. I rush up. I'm in the seat at eight. I watch the movie. It's three hours, and then I'm home 
you know, 15 minutes later and going to bed. Like, so, so I, there's no bells and whistles, no extra stuff, no whatever. I just like, boom, go to movie theater, watch movie, go home, you know? And, uh, and I, I recognize like for some of these movies that like, I'm not seeing movies in theaters anymore that I would like to see because of this fake, this fake thing that I put on myself. Um, I'm going to start doing this more often. Now I'm going back to see it Endgame a second time with my wife this weekend. Uh, she really wants to see it, and and I always we had always planned to see it together. I just couldn't wait that one week. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would just say to listeners who are like, oh man, God, I've had a kid and I never see movies anymore. Think about why you don't see the movies that you want to see. Like, if you do want to go to theaters, really, why are you not doing it? And if you're not doing it because like you feel like you got to go with someone or you got to go with your significant other because that's what you used to do. Well, newsflash, your life isn't the same as it was before you had kids, right? Grafting, you're killing it. What are you doing? I'm just saying, you can still have date nights. No, that's true. You just, it's just like, instead of forcing 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 yourself to like like if i made a list of all the movies last year in theaters that i would have liked to see Mm -hmm. there wouldn't have been a lot maybe there would have been four but i only went to see two of them right because um those were the ones where we could coordinate with the babysitter and like okay breast remember we we just had our, our our kid last year so she was going through barely sleeping breastfeeding all of that stuff so like to get away much less for a three-hour movie. Forget about it, right? So, um, yeah. so yeah, it's just there's – just think about it. Think about what are the restrictions you're putting on yourself or why you can't do the thing that you want to do. And, there, and, 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 you know, like there's ways to work around it. And going to see movies by yourself is one of those ways. Yeah. I, I think for me – and I think we've talked about this before. But with when it comes to movies, there's not many that I absolutely need to see right away. I think Endgame and Star Wars are these big pop culture movies where that are easily spoiled. You know, especially looking at let's look at episode 9 Star Wars coming out in December. That's the end of a trilogy. That's the end of a series of a saga. Like I can't miss that one even if I'm not a diehard Star Wars fan because it'll be easily spoiled and it'll be all over once it's done. And I mean a great example of of me waiting to see something and being spoiled was Game of Thrones. You know, the episode, again, no spoilers, but the episode on Sunday was a big episode, and I knew that going in. I I had a way, I had Crave Plus, I had a way to access it, to watch it live, and I decided to wait because I was tired from my weekend away. You know, boo-hoo, Ryan, my kids really miss me. So... (laughs) So Monday, I'm about to watch it, and I'm... scanning through reddit because i'm bored and i go to the popular section and of course there's a meme there that spoils the ending of the episode and it affected my enjoyment of the of the of the content you know knowing what was possibly going to happen at the end and i know spoilers affect people differently but for me spoilers actively ruin the content because it makes my brain turn on during the movie or the tv show and constantly think about that moment and then now i'm not i'm not paying attention to what's happening so if Endgame were spoiled for me, or even Infinity War with the snap, like my mind would have been racing throughout the film as opposed to just relaxing and enjoying the content, you know? No, absolutely. Like you wonder uh, – I've seen a lot of 
lot of people say, uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok, yeah. which is a good, it's a good movie. Uh, but it's, it's one in which the marketing materials leaned heavily on the fact that the Hulk was in it. Right. Yeah. And, the, and uh, so everybody knew that they, 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 but when you watch the movie, the movie is constructed in such a way that it's sort of a surprise. Who the, who's the grandmaster's champion? Like when he busts through the wall and all that sort of stuff. There's a moment there where you'd be like, oh man, crazy. It's the Hulk, you know, like, but we don't get that because marketing materials have, you know, constantly gone out and spoil, spoiled it. Now, Endgame is a complete opposite where they, they played all their marketing materials extremely close to the ch their chest. But it just makes you realize that our kids, like when they're older, they're they're consuming all this stuff on their own terms and not in, in, in sync with the hype train and a communal conversation. Like we're there for the communal conversation, but they'll be like the, – there'll be things that will really, really surprise them that we won't, that we never got to experience. And then there'll be other things that will become part of the pop culture lexicon. Like, and I think Thanos' snap is one mm -hmm. that, that they will know, like, it'll be very difficult for a kid to watch the Empire, to watch Star Wars without knowing that Darth Vader is Luke's father, because it's so everywhere in pop culture, right? You know, and so, so I, I think it is, it is an interesting thing where the, the context in which you watch these pieces, um, and, uh, and, and the context in which our kids are going to consume these, these things. And I try, it's crazy. Like I've seen all these rankings of the MCU movies. And it's crazy to me that if I went back to 2008 and saw like younger Crofton, that there would be none of these movies with the talking raccoons or anything would have even been close to existing. And then all of a sudden there's this suite of three phases of Marvel movies that build up to this conclusion. And it's crazy to me that it all exists still. Like when I think about it, I'm like, man, this is insane that all this uh, exists, but it's also, it's also awesome. And like with the Harry Potter content that didn't exist when I was a kid, but it's going to be now embedded in our kids fabric. Like in 50 years from now, kids will be reading Harry Potter still, you know, uh, this, I feel like this MCU stuff is like, it's going to be like, it is the next star Wars. It is the stuff that like, kids will be watching in years and years and years uh and they'll be talking like i don't know what's next after the mm -hmm. after endgame and i don't really even care that much and you mentioned the star wars movie um and i think that star wars movie is going to be a big moment because i think it's going to be the moment the last movie that, as an event and for a long time because i don't know what comes out after that that brings everybody to the movie theater at the same time to avoid spoilers you know yeah i think i think marvel movies will we'll go back to what they were doing previous to like Avengers are, is the, is the, the event moment, right? We had them every three years and we just happened to have them back to back for the last two years. So, but I think the future Marvel movies will go back to what we we've always expected. You know, the Ant-Man's the, the black Panthers, they're not really events, but they're still good movies. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I we don't necessarily have to completely switch over to diapers, but I did have a related story about Endgame with with the kids in that Caden's old like <laughs> this is going to be a meme or something, but you know, the kids did miss me and they were very stoked or very not stoked that I was leaving. <laughs> Abby uh being young enough, she was kind of like, "Oh, it's not mom leaving. Fun. This is cool. No worries as long as I can nurse, I'm all good." 
But Caden was kind of like, he was perplexed. He's like, well, where are you going? Like, well, I'm going away to go see a movie. I'll be back on Sunday. And he's like, well, can I come with you? And I'm like, well, not really. Not now. You're too young to kind of go away for this long. You're too young to see the movie. But then I thought to myself, wait, like when the next big Avengers movie comes, like in the next three to four years, like Caden might be old enough to to enjoy that film or see that film or at least come away, go away to see a movie. Like it might be interesting at some point, like that he would be able to come and see that movie. I guess it's PG 13. He would only be six at that point. So it would, would still not be old enough, but it was kind of, (laughs) so I guess I just crushed his dream. Sorry, Caden. If you listen to this Avengers six, I promise Avengers six, you will, you'll be able to, Oh, he'll still be 12. So I have to wait for Avengers seven. All right. Well, I just crushed his dreams. If, if he's not listening to this, I, I really hope he has better things to do than, than listen to an archive uh, from ten years ago. Um, but yeah, no, it he's, was interesting. If he does, he has all sorts of knowledge. Caden's got future knowledge. Future Caden, listen to me now. If if the Marvel movies are like Phase Twelve, you know, like, and you're OD'd on them and think we're lame. Well, just remember, at this moment in time, they were still super awesome. So oh. stop judging us. Yeah, stop it, Caden. What are you doing? I taught you better. But anyways. Um, but yeah, before uh, we go over bo- fully for diapers, what do you got? Because I know you got some games here. I want to I wanna get an update on, on that. There's a yeah. lot here. What do you got? Yeah. No, I'll just I'll run through really, really quick here. Like just some of the, some of the stuff I got going on. Um, Gwen and I are playing... Uh, in our tour of the Zelda games, we're playing Zelda Ocarina of Time. That game really does not hold up very well, but uh, whatever, we're, we're knee deep in it now. So uh, probably going to see it through to the end. He's old Link, so we, we we did the three dungeons when he's a kid. It's a lot friggin' those dungeons are merciless. Like some of them are friggin' tough. Anyway, it's not, not a... Uh, Graphically, definitely doesn't hold up. Controls, not not so much. But the concept is still very very good. Um, I'm uh, I'm getting into. Uh, I've got. I picked up a couple of games like that that I owned or that I hadn't really got into. But I uh, I've started to play Bloodborne again based on hearing a bunch of podcasts and never having finished it. Um, I'm not sure if it's for me. Whatever. Um, and uh, XCOM two. Uh, which is a game that I knew that I would like, but it's just never one that is. I, I like. I, I I bought it on sale one time, and I just felt like, oh, I can wait to play this. But I'm playing it now, and what I like about it is that it's very much like a piecemeal game that you can base around your life. So, like, oh, I can play, you know, one mission of XCOM, and then I can you know, do something else or I can, uh, I can put the kid, you know, put the kids to bed and just play a bit of XCOM and it's not too much of a commitment. So I like that a lot. I'm still very much near the beginning, but I may have some thoughts later on. And Jesse and I are watching a TV show uh, on Netflix about female wrestling called Glow, uh, which is, uh, there used to be a, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I think it was a show when I was a kid and they Netflix has made a fictionalized sort of account of it and all that. And it had gotten really good reviews and we're about four episodes in so far and we are very much enjoying it. Ryan, I recommend it as an Ashley and you show. Uh, Glow? Yeah. 
We tried to watch Hannah, which was the last recommendation. And honestly, Ashley and I are notorious for not sticking with shows. And it's like we're knee – she's knee-deep in American Idol sort of territory. So it's hard to pull her away from, from that show. Um, although kudos to her, she does skip over the talky bits and just watches the singing, which, I mean, is the best part if you're looking at American Idol is the singing. Um the talkie bits, not so much. It's reality show garbage, but uh, I don't have an opinion on that. Um, but yeah, Glow is one I've always been interested in because I love um, uh, Alison Brie from Community. I think she's great, and I would love to see her lead a show. So this is she I does a good show. job. She does a good job in this. It and one one thing I would say about this, it, it it's the anti Hannah in a way that it's it, like it's a comedy and it's half an hour episodes. Uh, and so, I mean, they go down pretty easy. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's very, you know, uh, I, I, w- I would say though, it's like, you know, like it's a, it's a, co- it's definitely for adults. It's set during the 1980s, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. Like, they, you know, there's a, they, they play it, they play it for big laughs and costuming and, and behavior and stuff like that. But so far, four episodes in really, really good. It was one of those ones where I had to twist my wife's arm to watch where, where she's like, you know, we were going through the Netflix menu and she was like, oh, that doesn't, you know, really seem that interesting wrestling or whatever. And I was like, oh, I've heard good things. I said, if we don't find anything else, we should watch it. And then we we went through. There wasn't really a ton. We're kind of on a bit of different wavelength sometimes. And then I said, well, let's just watch the first episode of this. It's only half an hour. We did. And then, you know, she wanted to watch more and we were both really enjoying it. So I, I definitely uh, so far recommend. And it's a half uh, hour show, eh? Yeah, it's 30-minute 30, 30, 30 episodes, which is like on network TV, when a sitcom was on, it'd be 22 minutes, but 30 minutes with commercials. This is a show that is 30 minutes, so mm. it's like, uh, it's a bit longer than what a sitcom would be, but, but uh, and it's not, there are serious, like it's a comedy, like if you have to quantify it, it's a, it's a, it's a comedy, but it's not always funny like there's it's a maybe dramedy might be a better term uh okay. for it anyway that's uh that's my my dungeon dive for the week uh you want to switch into uh, changing some diapers yeah let's let's change some diapers i uh i feel like when we've talked about the kids and how much uh they miss me while i'm gone for my weekend excursions as crofton seems to think they're happening far too no, often it- it's it's you who it's like as much as the kids probably do miss you. It's more the, the funniest part <laughs> I find is is you saying how much you miss them. You're like, oh, I'm I'm having so much fun, but I miss my kids. But that's but true. Having... I guess I need to get the meme right if I'm trying to start a meme. Is that Ryan misses? I, I Yeah, I do Ryan miss misses his kids. I miss my kids right now. Um, they're asleep. But maybe maybe this is one of those episodes where we describe a scenario where you might not. <laughs> miss uh being home with, uh in the evening with the kids because right now Caden is having a weird sleep issue and I don't even know I don't even know if it's an issue and it isn't it's an issue in that he's not sleeping through the night and basically what he's doing and that the middle of the night he just snaps awake he gets out of bed he walks down the hall comes into our bedroom and he depending on his mood wants in the bed he wants to go wants someone to go back with him and and sleep in his bed till he falls back asleep 
uh, and this this happens depending on how you engage with them. It can happen like once a night, twice a night, sometimes every 15 minutes starting at midnight until finally Ashley's just like, fine, I'll sleep in the bed and be done with it. Um, it's It's just it's been this pattern that's been – really random and all over the place and it's very hard to pinpoint what's going on uh we've had some people suggest that maybe he's afraid of the dark so we put some night lights in we put a lamp in there for him we've had people suggest that maybe you know he's free like i thought he was freaking out because he would scream he would get more upset the further down the hall he goes and i thought well maybe he's afraid of the dark so the longer he's in the dark he's he's getting more and more afraid right so by the time he gets to our bedroom He's like freaking out. And that's a problem because in order to get to our bedroom, he's got to walk by Abby's room. And getting Abby back to sleep is not as easy as getting Caden to go back to sleep. So it's created this really tough balance, specifically because both kids don't want daddy. They want mommy, you know? So (laughs) I'm sitting there feeling like the asshole who can't help because the kids are screaming, they don't want daddy, they want mommy. Very loudly. <laughs> I don't want daddy, I want mommy. Yeah. Spot on, you know, impersonation of Caden. Now, you know, sometimes he'll surprise you and he'll he'll be like, no, I actually want daddy to come tuck me in. Like last night, he was up at midnight and he wanted me to go lay with him for a bit. And I think I was with him for maybe 10 minutes and he's like clearly asleep, so I left. But no, no later, he comes back into the room and he's actually, no, I want mommy. And I think Ashley ended up sleeping in there. So I know you, you had some, some sleeping stuff with, um, uh, with your oldest. How did you, did you deal with that at all? Or did you find just getting them to sleep was the toughest part? Um, I found, uh, I found Gwen's regressions tough. Like they were tough. And, uh. The, it, it, at a certain point, like yes, parent uh, kids play favorites, and I, I think like at a certain point she wanted me, at a certain point she wanted mommy, but it, bottom line is she wanted somebody in her room, and I am the last person to point to ourselves as perfect models because we ended up like sleeping in her room mm-hmm. on on essentially a, uh, you know, like a somewhat of a lounger, like not ideally comfortable uh, and that was the only way that she would because the alternative was that she was waking up like Caden is multiple times in the night coming in and interrupting sleep and the only way that everybody could consistently sleep is that if she woke up in the room and she looked that there would be an adult in that room right. and so it became that like what, what generally would happen is is one or the other of us would lie down with her as she fell asleep in the room. The other of us would go in the room. And if it was me, I would immediately fall asleep because I sleep all the time. And uh, if it was Jessie, she would be awake until she could come back into our room. Uh, but then Gwen would wake up again in a couple of hours and somebody, and then eventually it would be my turn to go in. And as soon as it was my turn to go into the room, it was over because I would fall asleep on her chair, on mm-hmm. her, on, on the lounger. And then she would stop doing it. So it became clear that like, you know, she would wake up and she would see an adult there 
and she would be like, and then we got into this really bad system of like having somebody sleeping on that chair all the time. Right. Uh, and it, it took us ages to get out of there. So just, just be sure that whatever cure that you come up with is not like, is not one that's going to lead you to an, a really annoying situation down the road. Cause sometimes you can fix it. It, it, but it's going to make your life worse long term, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I hope that we're we're coming up with a with a half like a plan that meets in the middle. Because you're right. Like, we can't have all of us getting no sleep because it's just not functional for the next day. And I think what we have been doing is we've just been trying to mitigate going in there, and we don't have an extra bed in there, so we just lay with Caden until he falls back asleep and then try to leave. But if Ashley's getting, if he's getting up and we're going in every fifteen minutes, that's that's a stronger chance that we're gonna wake up wake up Abby. So I think some nights are better than others. We thought maybe it was the dark, maybe I think it's it's just a regression and he's he goes to bed fine. You know, you can go in and say, Okay, I'm gonna come back in two minutes and he'll be asleep, no problem. Um so yeah, it's not a it's just it's one of those things that certainly impacts sleep and some nights are worse than others. And I know we just got to get through it. I know whenever I complain to my parents about it, they always remind me that, well, you were up at five in the morning every day and you did your letters downstairs and coffees. Are Thanks daily. a lot, mom. Yeah. Are you saying this is Get off my back. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. And, and some nights he screams in his room and you can hear him coming a mile away, literally actually not literally because our house is not that far apart but uh, but other times you don't hear him at all you're in a deep sleep i've woken up one time where i've rolled over and he's in the bed and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> like you, you can't just come in bed you have to announce yourself at the very least other times i'll wake up feeling like i'm being watched and i'll look out in the hallway and there's just him standing at the door and it's the fucking creepiest thing ever <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say that about the other one i was gonna say like it sounds like a horror movie scene it, you know kids it, are creepy yeah, oh yeah i mean in the right light <laughs> they're very creepy uh and he and i said i said like caden are you in the hallway and he just he doesn't respond right away and he's like yeah i'm not tired is it morning time and i was like no it's not morning time Go back to bed, but uh, we're we're slowly making our way through it. But I, I'm not gonna I'm gonna be completely honest. Like Ashley definitely has the worst of it because, you know, not only is Kaden wanting her, if for some reason Kaden wakes up Abby, Abby will also not. She she like I'm not good enough. I can't get her to go back to sleep. I can mitigate it. I can hold on to her to keep her quiet. But, um, they just they want the they want they want mom and I. <laughs> Sometimes it, it sucks, really. Like, I want to help out more, and I try to, but at the end of the day, like, doesn't make sense for all of us to be tired, and, and we have been sort of working to, to try to fix, quote-unquote, fix it. But I think it's just a matter of working our way through it and then reminding he him his when kids. I do miss my kids. He's like, he's, you know. Be quiet. It doesn't make sense that everybody be tired. That's why I go on these vacations with the boys. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my boss when I got into town today, and, and he's like, yeah, you got a hotel room tonight, so you're going to go back and sleep and watch the Space Channel? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, we have Netflix now. The Space Channel? I don't know. 
don't know where he pulled this paste channel from. That is, is that like a euphemism for I don't, like prostitutes or something? Like, I don't know. Like, gosh, I hope you're not. Gonna go, you're going to go home and watch this base channel there, right? Why are you talking like that, boss? You know, like. <laughs> Maybe, but, it's like, uh, maybe it's like a pot thing. Smith Falls is big. They, they got pot yeah, here it's now. True. It's true. It used to be a chocolate factory. And now they grow now it's Snoopy it. Doopy Poop Dog. He's gonna. Yeah, and I took what is is it really Snoop Dog? Yeah. What? Yeah, Snoop Dog. He it's his. It's his. He has a. Maybe he doesn't own it, but he's like he's definitely a, a major, a major party of the whole thing. There was a big story about him coming, like he did a concert in Smith Falls because you know, he's a big fan. Are you kidding? Me? I'm not joking. Look at I think it's like Canopy or something. Oh my god, that's crazy. Uh, is there anything that guy is everywhere? Every time I search anything, it's like and Snoop Dogg calling this MMA fight. It's Snoop Dogg. You know, it's like hey, let's let's watch the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh look who's ringside. It's Snoop. You know, like. I'm he, like God. His name is big, right? He's gotta he's gotta keep the name fresh. And I mean, you just can't keep writing hot, hot new tracks every couple of weeks. You gotta get your name out there. So you buy a couple of small town factories. You you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like I think he's a very smart businessman. Yeah, no. You're looking apparently, it up now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. With Snoop Dogg and Brooke, everything is coming up. Smith Falls. Huh? Yeah. Hey, big deal here. Yeah, no, interesting. I was interesting. talking to the hotel. Wow. There's only two hotels in town. It's like I'm pretty sure Snoop Dogg stayed in one of the hotels I've I've stayed in in this town. So I wonder if it was the Econo Lodge. Probably not. <laughs> Probably I, not. That place. I take. Yeah. I take the best room you got in the in the best Western dog. You know, like they're like, all right. Is that what he said? Well, it's it's. No, no, that's a horrible Snoop Dogg. He would say something like, "Do some something dizzle, something." He'd be way, way, way smoother and cooler. Yeah. And, and then he would get the room, and then he would be instantly disappointed. He'd be like, "Wow, this is the shittiest place I've it's ever not, stayed." It's not that bad. It's a nice hotel, and I had a delicious dinner in a fancy restaurant. Smith Falls is uh, it's sensational, man. They do not. It's it's. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyways, what what have you been doing? Let's let's not. D O G double isle. Um. Okay. So let me see. Uh. What have I been doing? Well, Clara, my youngest, has like now she's sort of integrated into the daycare and she's starting to walk. So she's all over the house. So that's really fun. She's at a super fun age. Like mm-hmm. just laughing, sleeping through the night, having two great naps, eat everything. Like honestly, she is amazing right now. So that is super fun for us. The only downside is that everybody, including her, has been sick at one point in the past like month and a half. And it's starting to take its toll. Like we're we're just feeling run down and stuff and and um now the snow is gone it's been great for everyone uh but except for the overall community in ottawa because now we've got some crazy flooding going on um it's uh it's not so bad for us like we moved from where we used to be which might have been a little more vulnerable at least in the for the basement now there's like no no water at all but it's definitely had a kind of a, a big impact in the community here it's the sort of the news of the uh, the, uh, the week. I, I just as an aside, 
Ryan, I find this quite funny. My my day job is making promotional videos, uh, partially for the government of Canada, and uh, when we get a certain amount of views, where you know we're we're happy, it's difficult making these videos and getting eyeballs on them, and uh, and pretty much like people are going down and taking their iPhones and filming like the water of the river right now, being like, oh, the river's real high, eh? And then putting it on and putting it on the internet and they're getting like 50,000 views. I'm like, come on, uh, we're, <laughs> we work for our views. You're just filming the river. God damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, bottom line is, uh, Flooding, flooding in Ottawa is at the high point right now. It's the river supposed to get even higher in the next day or so than it's supposed to recede. But it's the talk of the town, uh, Ryan. State of emergency, likely considered a flood zone that flooded two years ago in 2017, and that nobody's made any changes to, you know, or moved out of or gotten rid of. And now, wow, they're flooding again two years later. Like, at a certain point, you've got to start learning some lessons, right? Like, either move out of these areas or make them flood flooding resistant. It's resistant. And I know that's harsh, but much of it is is second residences, cottages, um, uh, you know, uh, or, or just like, you know, waterfront properties. It's not all like that. And, and there's obviously people in need and people, and there's been a tremendous volunteer turnout in the, in the neighborhood. But I do get frustrated a little bit because we had two years ago, a lot of flooding in this area. And it's like the people that rebuild their houses in Tornado Alley in the States often. And at a certain point, you're just going to be like, you know, there's a tornado to come through here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I don't, I don't necessarily understand that, but like, uh, it, 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 I, I think Ottawa residents need to start having some hard conversations about where they live around here. Um, and uh, the last thing I would just say is like, we're going to see Avengers this week again. Again. And as well, like it'll be the second time for me mm -hmm. and first time for Jesse. One of the reasons it'll be the first time for Jesse is because of coordinating babysitters. And uh, this is the thing. Like, uh, when you have a good babysitter, like, you can't just, like, it's difficult to just go and pull a rando out to be a babysitter for your kids. Like, you kind of need, it benefits you and your kids if there's an existing relationship. Like, they know the babysitter. Mm -hmm. Gwen has been talking about the, the babysitter all week. She knows on Friday Fiona's going to be over, and she's going to, you know, she's saving one of her bath bombs that she has to do a bath with Fiona, to show Fiona uh, and all that. She's very excited. It's very cute. But, like, that's beneficial for us. We know that she's going to have a good time with Fiona. We know and all that, that, that Clara is comfortable with Fiona. We'll, we'll sleep for her and all that. So bringing in a random babysitter, is, it's difficult. You're, you, you don't know. There's a lot of unknown, especially with young kids. Um, but that puts your babysitter in a tremendous position of, you know, power with regards to, uh, you know, like we, we can't, if Fiona is not available, we just won't do something or we won't like, we didn't go see Avengers Endgame last weekend because we couldn't get her. Right. Um, and, uh, and so it's just interesting to me. I, I find, uh, I find it funny. The whole, uh, the whole power that these babysitters have on the, um, and I remember I was once a babysitter for a single mom uh, and she went out, 
wanted to go out every Saturday. And I was like, God, as a teenager, you want some of these Saturdays to yourself. So I would feel bad turning her down. But now I'm on the other side of it. And I'm just like, God damn, these kids, don't they want my money? Be available. It's interesting. We have not experienced the the world of babysitters that you're not related to. So you, so I'm imagining this babysitter is someone that you found. How do you find a babysitter that is not your sister-in-law? <laughs> is she? Oh, in this situation, she lives. She's a girl who lives across the street. Okay, so you know her. You knew her before. Yeah. Like, hey, you should babysit my kids. They actually have. She, her, and her family actually heavily solicited uh, to be our babysitter, and in fact both the sisters babysit for us uh however one of them is like 16 and the other is 19 and so if we're going to see avengers endgame past midnight or up to midnight we want the 19 year old yeah so do you pay like both of them if they're both watching the kids or do you just like do they no 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 we only one at a time yeah we get one one or the other right yeah so okay interesting yeah no like when we, uh, like, when we saw Captain Marvel, we we went and saw. We had a babysitter. We usually have one of Ashley's sisters watch the kids, um, and that's that's always worked for us. We've, I mean, if we ever moved out of Peterborough, we would probably have to find a like a like a non-related babysitter. But you're right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know that's a weird way to put it. Not- I guess. Yeah, but it's it's true. Like you're right. When you don't have the baby, when you don't have a babysitter available, it's like I guess we're not going out. Like I guess we're gonna stay here with the kids, and that's that's honestly how we roll. Like I don't think we've I've never asked outside of Ashley's family to to babysit the kids. We've always just if we can't get them, then we just move our plans to a day that works, right? Or we have my parents but, come up. See, one of the things about paid service providers is that when you give them money, you don't necessarily feel badly about taking up their time, right? So it's not like friends and family where it's like, oh, they're helping you out or whatever. You're like, oh, I owe you one sort of deal. It's like, no, I am literally paying you. You're getting what you're owed and you're probably happy for the business. So that's, that's generally how you want to feel with service providers. But... I don't often feel that way. Like if I pay someone who, to clean my house, I've given them money to clean my house, but I also feel like, oh, thanks so much for cleaning my house. But I'm like, that's your job. I gave you money for it. Why do I feel bad or, or that, that you clean my house or that I feel like grateful is the word, but it's still like, it's, it's a weird type of grateful. Like they're doing me a favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same, it's the same with the babysitters where I'm like, oh, thanks so much for doing this and all this and coming over and making yourself free on Saturday night to receive my money for sitting on the couch with your phone and laptop while my kids sleep peacefully. Right. Yeah. Cause essentially that, you know, that's more, well, but, but valuable babysitters are like, they're like, like gold uh, they know? are like, yeah i don't feel bad if, when i i have ashley's sisters watch the kids like yeah yeah i don't feel yeah bad. i don't feel bad and, just, and we do compensate we you know we usually get them a gift card or something like we don't just well and that's that's really nice and honestly you shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel bad and maybe it's me being overly you know empathetic but at the same point I just, I think when it comes to babysitters, it's like, they're just, when you get a good one, it's like gold. It's like you found gold and, and like, you know, it makes you realize that you're, 
they, they have a, a lot of hand in the relationship to use Seinfeld parlance. Uh, and, uh, you know, if Fiona all of a sudden came out as racist tomorrow or something, uh, and she was like, well, you know, Hitler had some good ideas, I'd be like, well, geez, do we stop using her? And Jesse would be like, yeah, of course. Obviously, she's a racist. I'm like, oh, but you know, like she's really good at babysitting. And, <laughs> and uh, it's just like babysitters are that valuable. Also, Fiona is not a racist. Fiona, if you're ever listening to this, that was just a hypothetical example. Um, but to, to give it an indication of what a good babysitter is worth. And I think anybody who has a great babysitter probably can relate to can relate to this and be like jesus yeah i would do anything to keep that babysitter <laughs> yeah I, I i i agree like you you can't what's the word like it's something about good help but it's very tough to find good help but when you find good help you gotta maybe that's not the right phrase i don't know <laughs> I, the, the word is literally good help is hard to buy oh. you were right there <laughs> well with that Ugh. i think we better call it because i think we've had peak ryan and smith falls and Crofton <laughs> looking down on high from Ottawa, which... From from watery Ottawa. Watery, uh, soggy Ottawa is what we call it these days. No one calls it that. Don't don't start that. That's not a thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> insensitive it is, to all the rich people I, oh, well, who are getting their houses flooded. Is it really just rich people? I didn't... I haven't looked into it. Uh, no, it, it, it is not. It is not. And that is, that is hugely... Like, if anybody from Ottawa actually listens to the show, then... Well, Bo and you and... Yeah, Bo. Whatever. Is Bo, is Bo <laughs> wet now? Is that what's happening? No, no. He's not in... The, even if the building he was in was wet, he lives on the second floor, so he would be fine. However, he is nowhere. Oh, he's kind of near a river, but no, he's Hopefully fine. everything works out for uh, all the the flood-stricken cities in this fair nation. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for Dungeons & Diapers today. Remember, coming soon, dads, Dungeons & Diapers spoilers. We're going to talk about Endgame. Full-on spoilers, full episode. So dig in and, and get ready for that. Crofton, thank you so much for uh, you know tolerating my presence so close to Ottawa in the lovely town of Sensational Smith Falls. Uh, I do miss my kids. I just want to remind everybody one last time. Uh, hopefully they don't miss me because they are fast asleep and they don't realize I'm gone. But uh, And they want mommy anyway. They do want mommy. We've established that. Uh, but anyways... That's going to do it for the episode. We've had a lot of fun. You can visit us on the web at gamers <laughs> at tgistudios.com slash dad. Uh, email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy and Crofton at Crofton Steers. And that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a fantastic couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. Send your hate mail to at rmurphy. What? What did I do? <laughs> <laughs>